the NPC is the person in the video game or whatever that just isn't real, but you think is real. The Matrix person. <laughs> so, yeah. F about that because look, it's my job, it's your job, it's everyone's job so that there's no more NPCs. We don't want NPCs. Yeah. We want human beings. It'd be great if I could just walk out my door and have a spiritual conversation with Joe Blow down at the Dunkin' Donuts down here, but it's not the case. If I go and say, hey, Mr. Dunkin' Donuts guy, I want to talk about Taoism, and you'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that. Nah, it's like, <laughs> you know. You don't have to know that Pluto just entered Aquarius and that we are ending an age of lies and beginning a new age of truth. Just take a look around at the world stage. It's a stage with actors that literally can't keep up their costumes. This year, the curtain will start to pull back for everyone to face the inconvenient truths about our world so actual healing can begin. Welcome to the most powerful of all the 12 year cycles representing the metaphysical power of the heavens, this 2024 year of the dragon. In this episode, we discuss the Taoist practice of Qigong and how we can leverage and integrate the healing power of this year for our own transcendence. Before we dive in though, I want to thank you for having the bravery to face your shit and heal yourself. As you can imagine, in the censored world we currently live in, because we are talking about truth, freedom, and very real shit on this show, its exposure and reach are being limited, censored, and can't reach the full potential of people that want to hear this, that need help. So thank you for having the bravery to like, share, and subscribe to this content far and wide to help me break the algorithm and help others heal themselves. Join the fishy movement with a one-off donation or become a member for as low as $5 a month and receive exclusive art, be featured on the show, submit questions for guests, and more. So who am I and why did I decide to create this show? Well, after unraveling all of the med medical and pharmaceutical lies I had been told about my endometriosis, I educated myself and I was able to heal myself after 17 years of debilitating pain. My experience inspired me to actually live my art. So I created an ongoing art series about it called Every Phase, where I illustrate how I healed myself as I live by the phases of the female hormonal cycle. The artwork shows what's happening in the brain and in the body during each phase and reveals how to biohack and leverage this energy in your life. So I am actually living the art so it's about much more than just healing. The writing and art discuss truth, freedom, and our current financial and healthcare system slavery, and also the way out of it. Learn more by subscribing on my website, meredithochoa.com. And while you're there, check out my $50 limited edition, bite-size acrylic block art pieces, right here, and they literally are bite-sized capturing all the images from the Every Phase series and be sure to pick up a signed copy of my award-winning augmented reality book, Face Your Shit, Heal Yourself. Also, speaking of art books, if you're thinking of creating one, I highly recommend checking out Snap Collective, where you can create and sell your book for basically free. Yes, I said free. I wish I would have known about this when I published my book, 
So that's why I'm telling you. They have an innovative and unconventional concept founded by Dr. Philip Mueller, who believes in supporting emerging talents, providing them a platform to showcase their creativity to the world without any financial contribution. From selecting the most compelling pieces to designing the layout and choosing the finest materials, Snap Collective takes care of it all. So you can focus on what you do best, creating breathtaking works of art. Contact them today with the link in the show notes and explore the endless possibilities of publishing your own art book. So I've said all of that to say, Even though I was lied to for years by doctors promoting Big Pharma, I was able to find experts who helped me achieve the impossible. This space introduces them and those modalities to you. Today, we are chatting with astrologer, numerologist, animal rescuer, veteran tarot card reader, and Qigong practitioner, Austin Muse. Austin's spiritual quest began at 19 when his father died. This tremendous loss filled him with grief and led him down a negative, self-destructive life path. After immersing himself in the way of psychology, philosophy, and spirituality, he discovered meditation and the hermetic arts and was guided out of the darkness that had befallen him. Austin learned a valuable life lesson about how he could help himself He realized that the only way to make life a rich, rewarding adventure was to help others. Astrology, tarot, and numerology offered him a new avenue that enriched his quest to make a positive difference in people's lives. This holistic approach gave him a thirst for self-improvement, led him to become a Tai Chi and Qigong practitioner, and instilled in him a deep love for nature. All his life experiences and accomplishments gave him a personal philosophy. To make life rewarding, he needed to do his part to make the world a better place. And to make the world a better place, he needed to help others because helping others was all about healing himself. Sign up for Austin's upcoming March 10th Qigong class with 50% off a special rate for listening to this podcast by emailing him at neonskyrecords at gmail.com. I I have a couple NARC clients that are like really good, well-paying clients now. And it's crazy to me. Of course. Think about that. Of course. It's just like, of course, they don't know that I know. You know what I mean? But I'm just like, wow. Yeah. That's the best part. When they think they're playing you, they think that the loose feeding is happening well they must know on an energetic level they're not getting the loosh from you Mm. but transactionally it works out somehow i'm you know i'm not that surprised that they would see you like a spiritual person the weird part is i think that in their minds they're getting closer to spirituality by hanging out with someone like me like that's like weird part that is mind-blowing but whatever, nothing unethical is happening. I'm just helping them with advice, but it's still like cray cray to my mind. <laughs> yes, you're so right. They're like, I will be, I can get away with being a better person if I go see Austin and then can tell other people that I'm a good person and prove to them because I'm seeing this spiritual person. 
Yeah, it's all nice. about like the brand. They're creating this brand image like mask. And it's like, oh, yeah, I got I'm spiritual because I see Austin. Austin Lane is a perfect country singer name. It is. My that is actually Austin really Lane. Perfect. You know, <laughs> it would work. It but. almost sounds like a farm, too, like where you would pack peaches or apples. Exactly. Austin Lane. <laughs> Do you- <laughs> You want to know something crazy that's totally unrelated is Garth Brooks started out as like an emo indie musician. So if you like, really? if you go to look it up, he was like singing emo. Can you imagine that? Like in what world? Yeah. Crazy. What? Yeah, that's so wild. Just, maybe I could just randomly transition into emo or country later. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he does now. <laughs> well, because they probably offered him the best deal is what it was. That just worked out financially. Maybe he genuinely is just more where the like, money's at. His label was like, bro, right. you want to actually make some money. It just so happened he'd pretty damn good at it. So that never hurts either. It never hurts to be no. good at what you do. <laughs> the title of this show. Mm-hmm. Face your shit, heal yourself. That is a narcissist's worst nightmare to actually face themselves. And that is actually the first step of all healing is to face the truth, face the music, face or acknowledge whatever the problem is in this world where we live in. It's completely based on escapist, Luciferian, actually, ideology with, you know, coping mechanisms. We're totally going to discuss some of that today. What would you say? motivated you to face your own shit leading you to who you are today i think i tried everything possible to avoid facing myself and then by like a process Mm -hmm. of elimination (laughs) i circled back (laughs) towards it you know i tried everything from partying to chasing women to you know like anything i could think of but i think the real catalyst if i had to look at it was probably my father's when I was younger, it's just like mm. a come to Jesus moment. Real damn, there's no backup plan for my life anymore. I gotta actually live my own life, and this like something where someone's gonna bail me out. So I just have to attempt to be my own life raft. And I don't know how that's gonna work, but I'm grabbing an oar. Yeah, well, I ask because you do so many cool things. You're an astrologer, a numerologist, qigong. You rescue animals. That takes something to keep going. It takes something to be motivated by it and inspired by it. So what would you say inspired you to really face those hard truths and hard realities of this world and keep yourself motivated to keep serving those areas? Well, they each have their own ethos in a way. To me, I came to astrology because I was so confused about my own life. I was like, Oh, there's like a thing out there with a roadmap of fate or, you know, yeah. this type of thing. And like, it can, I can just look at it or read it, a book about my life. Oh, that, oh maybe I should use that. You know, like mm-hmm. astrology just seemed common sense. And even though I was loosely raised Christian, I always felt, you know, I was like gravitating towards Buddhism, even in high school, yeah. but I just, I didn't really see anything stopping me from just exploring whatever I wanted to spiritually. So. Astrology was just a part of me trying to understand why in the hell my life was where it was at. 
I don't even know if it was a bad place, but it was just like a confusing place for sure. And so then I read my chart and I was like, oh, well, I'm supposed to be here and that, you know, whatever this is. So it just strikes me as a tool to help other people do the same if they feel confused is to look into that. And it kind of yeah. branches into Taoism where astrology is a high art because, you know, you're not just looking at the stars as fixed entities but they're like points of consciousness or like ways that the heavens kind of different areas of the heavens that dictate our lives on a, a different level but it's also pointing to the fact we still ultimately have control of our spiritual practices which can help to alter our course in a positive way should we choose to you know embark upon that type of a road so even though astrology is good it's it's only half the story in my mind because the other is the spiritual practices that allow us to actually shift our fate you know if we just feel like life isn't going the direction we need to go at that time i love the way you put that like a roadmap truly is and i really agree and i see it as also just a beautiful illustration of both destiny and free will like people argue it's one or the other it's actually both. And mm -hmm. I, in my opinion, astrology, I see that just so evidently in astrology, as well as, you know, in like the Taoist philosophies, as you're talking about, but it totally is more of, like, okay, I incarnated here with these skills, or this is like a natural propensity to me, or maybe this is like a naturally something that I'm more interested in and it really starts to unravel and make sense. Even our, I have, I remember like, my astrology chart and I had Al Ghul on, or Jupiter, the planet Jupiter on Al Ghul, the demon star, which mm. is unbridled rage, anger. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, the best planet, like the luckiest planet. I'm like, yeah, where's my Jupiter? Like thinking it's going to be like in money or something. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, it's actually on. The demon star, which honestly makes a lot of sense because it's only been until I've gotten to a certain level of piss that things change in my life. Things actually manifest. It's been how I've healed myself through an eating disorder, through endometriosis, healing through sexual abuse. I get to a certain level of I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, a certain level of piss with something, and mm. then shit changes. And an astrologer also deciphered it as, you know, your anger, being in touch with your anger can change things. If you're awakened and balanced, can change things and bring blessings. So that was interesting for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think some people are just straight up scared of looking at their chart because they maybe don't want to know or don't want to. But mm -hmm. I never really had that particular fear. I felt. I'd rather know now than know later type of a thing, you know? And I, I yeah. think in your case, each, like they've said for a million years, it's like your weakness can become your strength. Type of so it totally makes sense. Totally. And anger is not a bad thing if it's, you know, in a good space and it's contextual. It doesn't really, it's just holding on to it for too long. That's the problem. Totally, totally. It can be an absolute catalyst, necessary catalyst, actually, for moving through emotion. Very loyal friend. Not a nice friend, mm. but a loyal friend. It's going to tell you it's going to show up.
when you need to pay attention to shit. Like I was saying, you do so many cool things. It's wild. And you're also writing your sixth book. Am I right? Six? (laughs) It's for anyone in your audience who doesn't use Substack. I really love it. I think everyone should have a Substack that writes. So that's really random weird plug, but it's been like the past month on Substack has been so cool because I just, you know, I don't relate to most social media. I don't have like a, you know, good bikini body for Instagram or, you know, like I'm not, it's like, there's nothing really relevant that I provide other than possibly musical talent to other social medias. So I'm just like, not really into it, you know, but Substack yeah. is fucking awesome and you can even do podcasts and stuff on there. It's really cool. So I encourage people to check, but like, it's just a curse of the Gemini thing. I always try and like, explore thing, new things and try and see how far they can go. And for me, the reason I got into animal rescue was because before that I was doing national rescue teams for hurricanes, fires and stuff. And I didn't even expect to be doing that. And that just took off in a direction, you know, but wow, it was also detrimental to my life in a way, because I was again, running away from at the time I had a narcissist situation. I I couldn't really process. It was just too intense. I ran away into doing national hurricane rescue and whatever. And, you know, it was great. Like it gave me like a reason to be happy and whatever, but, Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it just was ultimately unsustainable. There was obviously no financial benefit for me and it just conflicted with my work life and my stability in the long term. So that's when I did started doing small animal rescue locally because it was like, I could do that and do my work and do all that stuff and make it all kind of gel and coalesce in a positive way. So that's where it came from. And I just feel the things that you're supposed to do in life are going to have a flow to them. Even in the beginning, you'll get pings that you're supposed to go that way. I just have tried so many things where I just didn't get that ping or didn't get that little bit of success at the beginning. And you just, you just realize you're just trying to beat on a brick wall so i think that it's important to follow the natural course of fate in that sense of if you Mm -hmm. if you see things are going in a good direction or at least progressing for you personally then just keep going down and see where it goes and even if it ends you just veer off to the next thing i just i've known a lot of people who like want to be career entrepreneur type peoples and they just keep They'll go down a path that's not working for five years. I'm like, I would have known it year one. It's just not going to work. Yeah. It's having the courage to really admit that too. Yeah. Because there's no shame in saying this is not working. I think it's just okay. It's okay if it doesn't work. No big deal. (laughs) It is okay. So let's chat about Taoism and some of the Taoist philosophies, speaking of it's okay, that seem to unite the style of work that you have in all of these modalities. Can you share a little bit about the Taoist philosophy and also the Qigong practice, Taoist practice? Yeah. So Taoism is over 2,000 years old. It stems back from ancient China, but could even be, you know, Mesopotamia, et cetera, in, in different ways, because it, 
you could say it loosely started amalgamating all these different shamanic practices into a very scientific form of spiritual study. And that's where you got things like Qigong and acupuncture and all these ancient arts that do seem archaic by modern standards to some people. They're like, there's people in the park doing this. Like, what the hell? But they figured out that the body itself has a lot of symbolic meanings and that moving the body in certain ways it's like telling a story with your own body or putting in a computer code with your own body, so to speak. And that's where things like Qigong and acupuncture became very intensive studies that really require in-depth, finite intuition to even approach. The problem or why Taoism never became super widespread is because the barrier to entry is, oh, like you have to have a base level of like intuition a little bit going on. And people without that might think it's just hogwash or just whatever, but it's just how it's a different modality of thinking. It's learning a different language, same type of thing. Taoism is complex, but it's as complex as it can be. It's also very simple. The, the core ethos is just go with the flow, which just means observe natural events and try to go with the natural events and don't try and swim upstream. That's as simple as it gets in Taoism. And I think a lot of people are raised in America to swim upstream. Um, for instance, you want to have maybe in your teen years, you want to have like true love or you want to have success in your career or you want to have these things. But from the Taoist thinking is you got to see what it looks like you're going to get. And then make moves based on that, not go in something that's way out of your lane that might be much crazier or more difficult of a path because, you know, sometimes we just end up at the same place anyway. <laughs> For sure. Like, even though we feel like it's like a boomerang effect, even though we throw that boomerang as hard as it, it just comes and slaps us right back to where we were. That's where you get like internal growth as opposed to external effort. The Western philosophy is if I just work 16 hour days, I'm going to make more money than this guy. But from the Taoist thinking, they're just saying you're just burning yourself out by doing. It. So, right. Not, you might have twice as much money, but you're also going to die twice as fast. <laughs> so, For sure. You might want to think that one over. <laughs> That's really good. I think there's this idea of. Of course, there's free will in your life, but I think people collapse and kind of synonymize, that's a word, free will and resistance, you know, go swimming upstream. And it's like, those two aren't the same thing all the time. Like you can choose to be in resistance and maybe sometimes that's in the most integrity for you. But I think since everything is a co-creation and all is one and that basic spiritual understanding it's okay the universe who knows everything who is me mother earth who knows everything who also is me and everything else is telling me to go in these natural directions and i have some other plans too and it's like the marriage of that in that current yeah and 
I think human nature in Taoism, and they call it like the monkey heart or sometimes the rabbit heart. But the heart is always going to want what it wants and it okay. might pay any price to get that. You know what I mean? But sadly, reality tells us that sometimes that price is our own life or sometimes that price is a very high price, whatever that may be. Yeah. So I think that humans just need to be real with themselves and realize, oh, yeah, I could be a billionaire, but at what cost type of a thing. So that's where the going with the flow is just saying whatever you want, you just need to analyze why you want it and then make a clear spiritual choice about it. Think is more about what it is and saying, yeah. and because everything we do is going to have some cost, you know. Totally. Uh, so it's just making a clear spiritual choice and realizing what we're up against. I don't want to throw stones in the house of glass too, because I'm sure there's things that weren't in the natural flow that I've tried to go after. But you know, just the more time passes, the more you realize. It's okay to be methodical and to move slowly and not to rush after things, you know, because sometimes rushing doesn't, doesn't always work. Even if you're putting more effort, it doesn't always result in more result. It doesn't. I, something my brother-in-law said, is the juice worth the squeeze? I yeah. I think that's so <laughs> exactly. just perfect for this. Is the juice that you're going to get actually worth the effort that you're putting in? And I think it's a really good question to contemplate in this year of the dragon. Mm -hmm. I'm a dragon. I can't wait. Apparently, it's if you're a dragon, and we can talk about this, it's supposed to be a really good year for me. Let's talk about what it means, though, as well as the Qigong class that you're offering. Yeah. In essence, the dragon year is, put it lightly, or to put it, you know, bluntly, it's the most powerful of all the 12 year cycles because the dragon really represents the metaphysical power of the heavens during the year of the dragon a lot of out of the blue things will happen in society and things will just be changing it's like pop 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 and i started to see the influence of the dragon come in last year in a practical way that your audience will probably relate to if you looked at all the models of cars there was like 50 different models of cars that were just like brand new last year. They just had new body styles. They really look like a way future weight. And I noticed it like halfway through. I'm like, this is, this is quite interesting. I've never seen this dramatic stylistic departure in terms of automobiles as I did last year. And it wasn't that I liked or didn't like the cars. It was just, that's how I started to see the dragon energy coming in. But ultimately really deals with long-term career objectives as well as longer term, you know, romantic objectives, because the reason for this upcoming Qigong class that my teacher is giving is to, to help people who are wanting to change their outlook in those two areas, be it career or be it in marriage and long-term relationships. Of course, some people are in long-term relationships that they're happy with and careers that they're happy with, but at the same time, It could be even opening up the door to where you have a broader reach within your relationship or a broader reach within your career to have a more long-term effect on society or a bigger positive impact on society. Because Qigong is trying to synergize your human body with the heavens and the earth so that there's an alignment between them. And through that alignment, you just, your energy projects out further. 
And so it doesn't have to be about like some, I want some cash and prizes type of thing. So I'm going to go and do Qigong. Obviously, a lot of people go into it for just strictly the spiritual growth, third eye energy type of a, a reason. But it can be any combination of those things. Taoism is very practical in the, the same sense Buddhism is, where it's sometimes you just need something right now in life and you need to make it happen. There's some big problem and you need to fix it. Or maybe you don't have any specific true calling or purpose. Qigong can really help you find that over the longer term where it's, you just feel like, oh, okay, this is my purpose. I get it. I have many clients who are anywhere from 20 to 50 who just, what I would call drifters, you know, they're just drifting along. They've had a corporate job for 20 years and they just, they become NPCs without <laughs> meaning to be NPCs. They're NPCs. <laughs> and yeah, from the Taoist angles, at least I've heard it talked about, people can become too ghost-like, you know, where they're not really human anymore. They're more ghost than human. I think that's where you get the NPC thing where their heart is just, just half-ass engaged in life. I, I use that sometimes, you know, I go to the movies on Saturday and cry once a month, but it makes me a human, right? You know, <laughs> exactly. They're like fulfilling their like branded humanly role, which by the way, for people listening that don't know what NPC is, it's non-playable character, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the NPC is the person in the video game or whatever that just isn't real, but you think is real. So, the Matrix, you know, the Matrix person. <laughs> so, yeah. Laugh about that because look, it's my job, it's your job, it's everyone's job so that there's no more NPCs. We don't want NPCs. Yeah. We want human beings. It'd be great if I could just walk out my door and have a spiritual conversation with Joe Blow down the Dunkin' Donuts down here, but it's not the case, you know? I think if I go and say, hey, Mr. Dunkin' Donuts guy, I want to talk about Taoism, he'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, but not, it's not going to happen, you know? Well, sadly, but hey, listen, you could try telling him about your new class. What could the guy at Dunkin' Donuts, what could the NPCs out there or anyone listening, what can people expect when they sign up for this? What are they getting into? Well, it's a three, it's going to be half theory based on the year of the dragon and then half learning the actual dragon Qigong, which will benefit you in a both experiential and a visceral way because Qigong is pretty, pretty baffled. It's a little bit mm -hmm. like, you know, like you get like a body rush when you have caffeine or smoke cigarettes, you get those kind of sensations when you do Qigong, at least the higher level Qigong. So you're getting some kind of bodily sensation stuff. So I think that people who are in it for the, oh my God, is it like mushrooms? Those people can still find some joy in this. But <laughs> overall, like I said, it's going to be half theory. And so Dr. Wu always mixes it up and he's going to talk about a variety of whatever he feels is. He generally steers away from politics, but he might bring up a little bit of this, a little bit of that, just based on what's going to happen this year due to the dragon being present. And then also, whoever attends the class, he'll intuitively read the room and see what they need to hear at that time and talk about some of that too. But, you know, Taoism has a very rich, pretty intense history dating back to basically Genghis Khan and before, because 
the guy who started the White Cloud Monastery, who's the the you know monastery that the lecture is being taught under, or Doctor Wu studied there for his whole life, younger life. That guy was a guy named Chu Chu Ji, and he was actually the astrologer slash fortune teller for Genghis Khan, and he was the guy who you know convinced him to stop like, just raping and pillaging randomly. There's you know that was a very intense moment in history right because you had some guy just on the warpath just burning down everything yeah. and Taoism's kind of always just been like hey bro you can keep doing that but <laughs> I, I can show you some reasons why you probably shouldn't yeah <laughs> so like, like a fireside chat because he was Genghis Khan actually requested him because he knew he'd been taught by another guy who was a martial arts master called Wang Chong Yang and so he kind of had a reputation and so he just basically showed him, like, look, I'm a fortune teller. If you keep going down this path, this is what's going to happen to you. You might want to, you know, try and chill. Um, and yeah. it wasn't an immediate stop to his conquest, but within a year or two, he started realizing some things. He basically re revered eagles. He was big into eagles. And there was like some lore and some different things that happened with Chuji and some eagles that Genghis Khan had. And common people know that the Mongols like are big with eagle hunting and the, what's the yeah. word? Falconry and that type mm -hmm. of thing. If you go on YouTube, you'll see the Mongolian people, they still do falconry to this day. And that's from the legacy of Genghis Khan. So it reaches back a long time. and. Spirituality is nothing new. It's just changed forms a lot. You know, obviously modern Christianity is way different than Christianity in the 1800s, which is probably way different than Christianity was in the 1700s. And so mm -hmm. that's why another core principle of Taoism is just go with the flow in the sense of there's not like as many hard and fast rules. Of course, there's like an overarching morality in Taoism that persists, but they realize that what works in one cultural generation may not work in the next. And that's why you know, there's never been a preclusion for banning gay people or banning transgender or anything like that. And Taoism is actually very flexible. Like the OG Taoists back in the day to test people would actually dress up like women and then go and do some begging or do some random stuff and kind of see if people would treat them like dirt, mm -hmm. you know, but just because they were transgender. So that's yeah. not even a new story. 15 years ago, they were doing that stuff. So it's interesting. It's interesting how there's nothing new under the sun. It's all been seen and done. What's new is if you put in the time and the practice, you can create something new within yourself. And then once you create something new within yourself, then it branches out into society. That's what's new. Society is never going to present you or give you something new. You create the newness with them. And speaking of the sun, shining down on signs. If you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, getting a message out to millions or billions of people, what would it say and why? Fireside chats with Genghis Khan and yeah, <laughs> tune in tomorrow. It's really hard to sum that up, other than maybe fight for yourself. Maybe it's just because it's on the top of my head because I wrote about it the other day. But I think 
a lot of people just give up on life just completely. They just say, that life, that's for the birds. <laughs> I'm here in the NPC hamster wheel and join my time. <laughs> you got to keep fighting, even if it sucks, even if it's just, because life can get horrendously horrible, horrible to the point where you don't think it's going to ever get better. You just have to just keep going. What's the worst that happens is death, right? But even if that's the worst, would you know, you don't want to die just having just been on the lazy river going around, around you know, yeah. on your little raft. It's just, it's not a good way to do it. I've seen a lot of people in their absolute worst, most dire of circumstances and disaster zones. And the sad part about it is the trauma does force them to become zombie-like. So you just have to realize if you go through extreme trauma, you might find yourself as an NPC accidentally because okay. it just shuts you down. Dr. Wu explained it to me one time that there's like certain birds, I think it's pigeons. And when they go vast expanses that they like get shell shocked. And then when they land, they're just, they have this PTSD or something. And it's almost like they can't breathe. Like they can't make a move. So just realize you can be in this instance in life and it's not the worst thing that's ever happened. Other people have had to come back from that shell shock, from that PTSD and regain their faculties, but it's tough to do. And that's why it's great that podcasts like yours exist is just takes a long time, sometimes longer than you would think to, you know, recover from like a narcissist or recover from traumatic experience or a loved one dying or any of that stuff it, it takes time for the human mind to heal but time does actually facilitate it along with some sort of spiritual work and there's many things like you were saying that are worse than death like living in suffering or living like completely numbed out so you don't even get to experience the joy yeah you don't experience the pain but you don't experience the joy to me yeah. that's worse than death you know really is and uh, yeah. from people who take antidepressants and anti-anxiety, from the this Taoist perspective, like putting demon energy into the body to try and subdue a different demon that's already in the body. <laughs> it's yeah. not the way you want to deal with it, you know? You no. want to try and get dark it energy out somehow, not keep putting more dark energy in. <laughs> Absolutely. And you, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And to be able to get through the day and get up and it doesn't even necessarily have to be one or the other. Take the things to treat the symptoms to be able to do what you need to do while you're working on actually alleviating the root cause of it so yeah. that it's not just a perpetual cycle of hell. And look, everyone needs something at some point mm -hmm. in terms of we're all going to have crutches and vices and things like that. But ultimately it's you just want to feel, you know, you feeling is not bad. Crying actually is a natural process for the body that helps it. It's a, it helps as it's part of your health actually to cry psychological yeah. health and just physical health. People who don't cry at all usually do have health issues down the line from not crying. If, obviously I don't want to make feel people feel bad if they can't cry, but for the most part, if you're able to, it's not a bad thing. I think some people are going to cry because now you told them that they can't cry. So that's the thing that causes their crying. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Oh, we hope so. 
It's we funny. hope so. So it's now, it's time for our finale. It's my favorite part of the show. It is the biohacking with art finale question. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> if you could describe Qigong with any art medium, how would you make it? And what would you choose? It's probably like a song, you know? Every Qigong form, and there's many that I've learned throughout the years, like a different song that is trying to get a specific response to, from the universe, from the crowd. You know, you play the song, and then you want a specific response from the crowd. You want them to cheer. You want them to be sad. You want them to, you're trying to evoke an emotional response from the heavens and the earth. You're like, come on, come to break. We'll play the song here. Throw some couple shekels in my, uh, my guitar case. <laughs> that, that's how I would describe it. And I forgot to mention it earlier, but anyone who wants to come to the class, it's 540 bucks. But if you want to come, I'll toss in half the cost. So you guys can, I'll put my email down and because 270 is more approachable than 540. So if you want to come, just email me or DM me or whatever. I'm sure all my socials will be in the, the link uh, she puts out. So just get in touch with me and I'll help out if I can. And it's on March 10th. It's a seven hour class and it's just a special thing. Dr. Wu's not a spring chicken. He's older and he's got you know, a lot of experience, not as just a Qigong and I Ching practitioner, but as a medical doctor, he's been practicing for 30 years and he's the head of the California Acupuncturist Association. So he's got the book smarts as well as the kind of spiritual side going on. So he's just a well-respected guy. He's very practical down to earth. I'd be happy to extend that to your audience just so not as yeah. crazy for a bar of entry, so to speak. Well, thank you so much. And I really like that description, like a song. It really matches, though, the whole energy of what Qigong really even is, which is that marriage of the heavens and the universe and the co-creation of you. So it's basically like you're dancing with the universe through these different positions and different movements. Yeah, I like to call, like, Qigong and... Tai Chi is, you know, it's a, it's a very advanced form of communication. Think about this. When we communicate with each other on cell phone, a hundred years ago, we'd have been like, yeah, whatever. I can't talk to this person way over here, but we figured out with signals and you know, all this crap, we, technology, that we can communicate halfway across the world in blink of an eye. Qigong figured that out. It's, you're communicating with the heavenly bodies. You're communicating with the sun and the moon and the earth instead. Mm -hmm. So even though we don't think it's possible in our physical, you know, modern era, oh my God, what am I going to wave at the sun? You know, <laughs> no, <laughs> well, kind of. <laughs> so yeah. they did figure these things out because before they had this technology, they had to develop their own kind of technology and it just happened mm -hmm. to be a very different, <laughs> but it's not a bad thing. And it's very interesting. I feel like I'm someone who gets bored easily, as you can tell from my 50,000 activities that I do, but Qigong, it's kept my interest for 
I've been practicing over 12 years and it never gets boring because there's always something, some new experience or some different kind of information that you glean from just doing yeah. it. It's like you're downloading information from the heavens would be the way I would. Awesome. Love that description so much. And it's just been so real chatting with you today. Tell us where people can find you and learn more about your work. We'll probably list all of your five books because you're writing your sixth one, right? In the show notes, but where can we check it out? If you just type in my name on Amazon, my books will pop up. It's Austin and then last name M-U-H-S. I wrote two books on economics, one book on philosophy and one book on astrology and tarot. And then I ghost wrote another book, which is my fifth book, which I won't name. And then my sixth book that's coming out is a Taoist book that I co-wrote with Dr. Wu. So that one's going to be called Decoding the Human Experience. So hopefully that one's out in June, I hope. And I also made a documentary called People Power, and that came out 2020. People want to know more about the civilian disaster response work that not just I did, but Tons of people have done. That's a really fun and energizing, feel-good documentary about that type of stuff that I directed and produced. I'm most excited still right now about my Substack. So just search my name on Substack, and I'm literally writing basically an article a day right now just because I'm having fun doing it. Sweet. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. Well, we'll definitely list all of these resources we chatted about today and more in the show notes. I hope everyone is able to take away something from this absolutely tremendous conversation we've had here today with Austin to help them go out, face their shit, therefore healing themselves. And remember, as always, the truth will set you free. We will see you all next time. Thank you so much for having me. Y'all have a good day. <laughs> Bye. If you liked this episode or you think this show would be useful for someone else, the best way you can show your support is to share it on your social media outlets with family and friends or subscribe with the link below to receive exclusive perks. And if you're feeling really generous, please leave a review on podchaser.com, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts and pick up a signed copy of my book about how I healed myself from endometriosis on my Instagram at Meredith W. Ochoa. Thank you so much for listening and for having the bravery to face your shit and heal yourself.